Good job. I threatened them the other night uh, when they were getting their mic check that they might be the first group that has to face the baptistry when they sing. <laughs> but they actually cleaned up pretty good. Oh, pretty sharp. You didn't show your socks off, Nathan. He's got taco socks on tonight. <laughs> so I told him I was going to make his pants like high water so everybody could see him. So, but I just tell him to look at them. So. All right. If you have your Bible, you can go to three places. Romans 14. Romans 14. 1 Corinthians 8. And then Isaiah 62.10. Romans 14. 1 Corinthians 8. And Isaiah 62. And usually I preach when pastor's not here, and I, and I know we have live stream, so he can still check on me, but he's sitting right back there. So I have to really behave tonight. Uh, I won't talk about him milking you or anything like that this time. Hopefully. I can't promise anything. Uh, sometimes things just come out, amen? And uh, anyway, I, gotta, I have to try to have to behave myself tonight and uh, trying to learn how to use glasses. I'm actually going to get some for real ones. These are... These are readers, but they are trifo- trifocal things without the lines, so blurry, not so blurry, there we go, and, and that's, that's basically what I'm doing, so I'm agreeing with myself a lot uh, as I'm trying to learn how to use these things, uh, but I was obviously praying about uh, what to preach, and the Lord gave me this sermon, and uh, had s- several, uh, you know, very educated sounding uh, titles, I actually even asked my wife, how, how would you say this? You know, because she's very educated and, uh, and, and so forth, things like that. But I, could, I just came up with this, picking up your blocks. All right. So I may need to go preach in the nursery and uh, you know, pick up your blocks. So uh, that's the title of it for the sound room, pick up your blocks. And of course, when I came up with that title, I was like, well, what could I say about blocks? And, and uh, Brother Henson was telling me the other day that, you know, he's still trying to stay in shape. He works out some, you know keep it all ripped up and everything, and he also, he jogged some, so he said the other morning he got up and he, he ran around the block four times, but then he picked it up and put it back in the toy box, and uh, <laughs> he, you know, he said that was enough for him, so uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's see, and then I heard another one, obviously these are, I don't know if these are dad or granddad jokes, you know, because I've been both, my boys are like, dad, stop, uh, but now my grandkids laugh again, so it's uh you know, I do my Donald Duck on the on, on FaceTime, and man, they those three over there in Spain, they love that, uh, and so they laugh things like that. And Jason's like, <laughs> you know, I've heard all those, Dad. But anyway, I, I saw another one, and it's like it said, cutting down a tree with a block of cheese is very easy. You just got to make sure it's extra sharp. And uh, so anyway, uh, those were uh, Dad, Granddad. Where you can file them wherever you want. But hopefully you found Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 8, and Isaiah 62 already. Uh, and of course you'll see why the title is Picking Up Your Blocks. Romans 14, 13, it says this, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. And of course, you know, a lot of people take that out of context. Don't judge me why I smoke, or don't judge me why I drink, or, you know, no. I don't, I'm not thinking that's what it's talking about. But uh, let us therefore not judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And, of course, the Bible talks about this in several places. We're only going to read two of them. But, uh, and you've heard it all before. If God says it once, you ought to take it very seriously. But if he puts several verses in there about not being a stumbling block, he's pretty serious about it. 
so all of us, including myself, need to pick up our blocks. Uh, you know, pastor says he'll he'll make the statement sometimes, "Don't be a loophole Christian." Uh, a lot of a lot of us we try to figure out ways to leave our blocks out and just not get caught. Uh, if we just pick up our blocks, we wouldn't be that stumbling block. Uh, we're, we're you know we're trying to be a closet Christian or a hide it you know behind nobody's watching. It's okay. No no no. It says right here you know any chance that it might be a stumbling block or occasion for a brother might fall, pick up your blocks. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 8, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 9. It says this, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours. And so a lot of us, you know, we live in that liberty. Uh, you know, like Paul said, all things are lawful. I can do whatever I want. Just but not all things are expedient. Uh, it's not the best. Uh, it might cause somebody to stumble. Uh, it might cause somebody to mess up. And, and it says here, so take heed lest thy, at, by any means this liberty of yours become. You might can do it and be all right and not mess you up. But it might cause somebody else to be confused or cause them to stumble. It says here, uh, you know, to them that are weak. So pick up your blocks. Pick up your blocks. We, we, we've got to live in a way that we don't cause. And, and the Bible also talks about offending, uh, and especially a, a young one. It said it, you'd be, it'd be better for a millstone to be hung around your neck, you cast into the sea, than you'd be a stumbling block. You mess up one of these little kids. And uh, because all the little guys that sit in here, whatever he says, they're like, yes, sir, that's right. My pastor said it. But then us adults, we got to weigh it out and see if it's okay. And then us young, younger adults, that's stupid. And you, and then they see you, you know, they see you walking around with some funky haircut where a pastor says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. And they're like, well, pastor said it was a shame, and the Bible says it's a shame, but so-and-so's got this freaky hairdo. You better be careful. You might need to pick up your blocks. And pastor says, you know, we ought not talk like that, not even Christian cuss words. You know, that's, that, that could be a stumbling block. Nobody's going to tell me how to talk. You better be careful. Using all this stuff from the world, sayings and, and, and slogans and words that, you know, adults like hear you saying like, what? What the stink does yeet mean? All right. You know, what, what is that? You better be careful. You might be, need to pick up your blocks on the way you talk, the way you look, the way you behave, where you go, what you listen to. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Now let's go to Isaiah. I'll quit meddling. I'll give you a Bible study. I'll be real nice. Isaiah 62. Now, I didn't have a problem with any of those teenagers the way they look tonight. I'm proud of them being in our singing groups. Didn't have to think twice about kicking one of them out. They got all their blocks picked up. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to do that. Uh, Isaiah 62, let's go to verse 10. Verse 10. And it says, go through. Go through. And again, you've heard pastors say when, when God says something twice, uh, he's a little bit antsy. Uh, he's a little bit serious. He's, he's trying to get some attention. You know, Saul, Saul. Uh, you know, he's called out people. Uh, Samuel, Samuel. Uh, here it is. He's talking to the children of Israel. 
And they've been in Babylon uh, now for seven years in captivity. And he's telling them to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple and rebuild the city, rebuild the wall. And they're all standing around like, I mean, and God spoke. He said, go. The man of God spoke. He said, go. And they're just kind of standing around like, and so he's getting their attention. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare you the way of the people. Cast up, said it again, cast up the highway. Gather out the stones, maybe stumbling blocks, uh, and lift up the standard for the people. So we're going to preach tonight about picking up your blocks. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll start. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that I have to speak. Uh, and Lord, we do ask you to uh, be with me tonight. Fill me your Holy Spirit. And Lord, help and speak to hearts. Lord, help us all, Lord, to realize we can, we can all be better Christians. Uh, if, we don't, if we don't take heed to ourselves, we can start putting our blocks back out and leaving them out. People to step on and trip over and... Lord, I just ask you to give us a, a guidance tonight. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so we see that, uh, that they've been there for seven years in captivity. And, you know, you would think if they were told to go, I mean, they'd take off sprinting. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I remember my mom, her favorite thing to do to me when I was a teenager was, give me your keys. Oh, oh. And so I would behave, I mean, like crazy. And she said, you can't have them back till Friday. Uh, you know, I mean, I was asking Thursday night, how about now? Right? If I stay up to midnight, how about now? Uh, I mean, I wanted those keys back. Uh, I wanted that freedom. I wanted that vehicle, things like this. And so they'd been cat in captivity for seven years, and, and God said, all right, go back to Jerusalem. And so they started, you know, uh, complaining a little bit, I guess, maybe griping a little bit, and uh, you know, what, what do we, well, why? I mean, we're okay here, and, and all those excuses like similar stories throughout the Bible. Uh, they would have rather stayed and complained about not having food, things like that. But they're all standing there, or else God would not have said twice, go, go. Uh, and so we see here that they're going to go out, uh, and God had divided them basically up, and we'll see this in a few minutes, uh, in, in a couple different groups, and sent them out at different times to get a couple different things done. And, I, and as I was studying this, I, I, I looked and uh, kind of likened this to uh, something that, that I've done before, and that's putting up a tree stand. Uh, some of you never had that joy, I'm sure. Uh, uh, but there's, there's a science to it. You don't just go hanging on a tree. Uh, you know, you, you scout, you look for sign, you look for evidence that deer have been there. You know, if you just put it out in your front yard, well... I've seen deer in my front yard, so I mean, I guess I could do that, but you want to try to find a place that's heavily used, things like that, and so we've done that over the years uh, at our hunting lease, and there's a few of us that hunt at our hunting lease that we can find any of those tree stands night or day with or without a flashlight. I mean, we can find them, but we got a few that, <laughs> that ain't happening. All right, uh, so we've, we've taken, you know, red or orange flagging and tied it to tree limbs, so their flashlight, oh, there's, a, there's a flag, there's a flag, oh, there's one. And then there's this one guy that, that hunts with us, he likes those glow-in-the-dark stickers or push pins. And, you know, he, he just goes down through there and he'll put them on the trees, so his flashlight picks those up. And then we got a few that hunt down there, it doesn't matter. Daylight, dark, push pin, flagging. Who put that stand there? <laughs> They're just not going to find it. You almost have to take it to it and things like that. So that's what we see here that God knew that if he just said, all right, y'all go to Jerusalem, leave Babylon, just go. There, there's not roads. There's not GPS. 
there, there's, there's not any of that. So he's like, we're going to have to do this decently in order, kind of like God does things. And so he got these people together, and he says, all right, uh, a few of you are going to leave, and uh, let's look at, go through, go through the gates. So he's telling everybody. That was a command to everyone. That wasn't some stay, some go, no, get. Uh, and he says, I want you to do it quickly. And I, do not, I don't want you to delay your homeward march. Get to going. And so it's kind of like when you get saved. Uh, even though you're not going to go to heaven tomorrow unless you pass away, uh, but you ought to be on that direction. Uh, you ought to be on the way. Uh, you're just a pilgrim passing through. And that's what they want, he wanted them to have the man, mindset of. But the first group he left, he says, all right, this is what I want you to do. First thing I want you to do is have in mind that when you leave here, it's going to be tough. Uh, you're going to have to man up a little bit. Uh, I don't even think they had machetes. Uh, they did pretty much everything by hand or some type of tool that they crafted uh, and things like that. And so it's going to be tough on you guys. But you got to go blaze the trail. And your mindset is, I'm going to make it easier for those coming behind me. All right? And so, again, if you want to make it easier on people, pick up your blocks. Uh, I've stepped on a block barefooted. It hurts. And you're like, and you help it back in the toy box really quickly. Hmm. All right. And uh, you know, why are you doing the hop? Okay. Uh, so I get it. So you want to make it easier for those that's coming behind you. So this is group number one. Have the mindset that you're going to make it easier for those coming behind you. And their, and their goal was, was to blaze that trail. Figure out maybe the easiest way. Uh, I, I've come up to a, you know, a large cavern before, and I wanted to be on the other side, and, you know, I can't fly. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's either go down through it and come up the other side. It's either go around this way or go around that way. That's what they were doing. They were figuring out how it would be better for everybody coming behind them. And that's what your pastor has done. He's looked in this Bible. He's lived his life experiences and found out how it would be easier if you just do it this way. It would be better off on you if you just do it this way. It's not that we want to have a bunch of rules, pick up your blocks, pick up your blocks, pick up your blocks, because we're mad and we're mean and we hate you. No, it's because this would be the best. And so these guys were going out and trying to find the best way to get there. They were blazing. Why? Because it was easier for the other people not to have to come to that wall, not to have to make that decision. Uh, so they had already went there and found the best way, kind of like your parents, they found the best way. They're, they're further down the road than you. Kind of like the gray hairs or the no hairs that's older than you. They're further down the road than you. Listen to them. They're trying to help you to pick up your blocks and to keep their blocks picked up. So we see here, find the safest way possible. That was group uh, number uh, one. Uh, group number two, uh, we see here, cast up, cast up the highway. So this second group, was not only going out and finding that blaze trail, their mindset was still the same. Make it easier for those people behind you. And again, same way. I thought of this. When I found that place for that tree stand, uh, I had walked by myself to that spot. Man, this would be great. Okay. Uh, and so on the way back out, I blazed that trail. But you know what I did? Uh, I'm getting older. Uh, I'm not getting any weaker yet, so don't even think about it. All right? I could still carry my tree stand in there on my back if I wanted to, but that four-wheeler makes it a whole lot easier. All right. And so what I have to do sometimes, my four-wheeler is pretty stout, but it won't go where I've just walked. It needs a little bit wider of a space. Uh, maybe get some things, some debris out of the way. 
Uh, nothing worse than coming around a corner and poof, a spider land on your face, especially at dark, and you can't find him. Bam, 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 you beat yourself to death. But anyway, what I've done then, I've made that trail a little bit wider so I can drive my four-wheeler or ATV to that spot without having to walk and carry that tree stand. That's what these guys were doing. They were like, okay, they blazed the trail. Here's the marking. Here's the scrape on the tree or here's the scrape on the rock. All right, but what we need to do is make it wider because there's hundreds and thousands of people coming behind us. So let's make it a little bit wider. Uh, and so you think of people like J. Frank Norris, blaze that trail. Dr. Howes made it a little bit wider. Uh, Dr. Tom Neal made it a little bit wider. Dr. Greg Neal made it a little bit smoother. That's exactly what they're doing. And, and we're not supposed to throw our rocks and blocks back in that way and mess it up for people. Uh, they've made it easier. Uh, and so now, you know, my four-wheeler is kind of small. And we're, I can go down through there, but I got some people that hunt with me that's a little older than I am. All right? And uh, my dad, I'll say that. I won't say Brother Harris's name, but my dad, they both have what they call side-by-sides. You know, so they, 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 can, they can get in this way like a car. They don't have to do this. Right? And so what I have to do for my dad, I had to make that walking trail a little wider for my four-wheeler. And I had to make that four-wheeler trail a little wider for his side-by-side so he can just ride right up to that tree stand. And, uh, you know, because now I take him to the stand like he did me when I was younger. Uh, but that's exactly what they were doing. God said, hey, go blaze a trail. Find out the easiest way. Hey, next group, you go and, do what, and, and work upon what they've laid, what they've made, and you make it a little bit wider. So that third group, they went out and made it easier and so that others didn't trip or slow down. Uh, then the next group, we see here, gather out the stones. And here we are, pick up the blocks, gather out the stones. So the first group went through, blazed the trail. Second group went through, made it a little bit wider. Now the third group, they're going through and they're making it like smooth, uh, getting up all the rocks and all the hindrances that you might trip on. Things like that. So that's, that's exactly uh, the way the Christian life is supposed to be. All right? Somebody like a J. Frank Norris, like a Dr. Howes, and on down the list. Uh, make it easier for us. Uh, they, they blaze that trail. And so that's exactly what he's telling them to do. And uh, then it says here uh, that, that, that they went and moved all the rocks. And then the fifth group that went out, it says here to guide and to be an example. In other words, they lifted up the standard for the people. And so, of course, back before this time, uh, when God's people were traveling, they had that pillar of cloud and that pillar of fire uh, by day and by night. And they just had to watch that. And it took them wherever. They didn't have this at that time. Somebody was blazing that trail, so they said to pick up that standard. Uh, in other words, uh, you've seen it on a golf course where they're carrying the little sign, the sign that tells you what that guy that they're following, what score he's got. Everybody can see it. Uh, I picture that. And so they, they didn't have a blimp. They didn't have a, what's one of those flying things y'all got? Drones. They didn't have drones, things like that. No, they had to have a standard. They had to put it up there. Hey, this is the way. Come on this way. And uh, they didn't have roadmaps. Uh, they didn't have GPS. They didn't have all those things. So we see, by the way of introduction, these people were going out group by group, making it easier for the people coming behind. And so uh, that's our goal. However, however far we are down the Christian life, uh, we're supposed to make it easier for those coming behind us. So let's look at the outline here. Number one, recognize the hindrances. Recognize the hindrances. That's what they were doing. When that, that first group went out, they recognized. 
this is not wide enough, or this is too, uh, this is too narrow, or this is too far across, things like that. And they were making that thing uh, as easy as possible on that blaze trail. And uh, there are always going to be hindrances to every good work. Uh, when, a, when a pastor says, hey, let's do this, guarantee there's going to be hindrances pop their, their little noses and their little heads up. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans 7, 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So, you, you, you know, you try to go soul winning, devil's going to do his best to make it rain. Devil's going to do his best to make you get bit by a dog. Devil's going to do everything he can to hinder you. He's going to cause you to oversleep. He's going to cause all kinds of stuff. Why? Because he doesn't want people getting saved. That's a good work. Uh, when, when pastor announces what we're going to do during this campaign, guarantee the devil's going to stick his head up and get us to be kind of like those people. Go, go through. Oh, no. Mm. I, I don't see how we're going to, you know. We see here, they ha if they have a hesitation, it's just a lack of faith. God told them to go, go through. So don't hesitate. Uh, again, that was one of my dad's cardinal rules. He says, do what I say but do it right away. Uh, delayed obedience was disobedience, and I got just as much of a spanking as if I didn't do it. And then he added a third one to me. Right? I had to do it with a happy spirit. You know, I couldn't even stomp and grumble when I went to go take out the trash. <laughs> no. I, had to... I love this. This is awesome. Uh, goodness. And so we see that that's what these people, that's why God was trying to get their attention, because they, they, they hesitated. Why? Because when you would do good, evil presence is there. They doubted. This is too, this, this, we can't do this. This is going to be too hard. Uh, then I, I believe probably even some selfishness jumped up in there. All right? Because God says, hey, we're going to send out four groups. And whatever group so-and-so was in, whether it was two, I guarantee you he or she wanted to be in one or three or four. She was ticked off or he was ticked off. They, they got put in group two. Group two. Man. We're probably the dumb people, or we're probably the people that, you know, we can't do this. And they just griped about what group they were in. Dude, just be glad you're in the group. Uh, you know, that's a stumbling block when you start being selfish and complaining and things like that. Uh, we see that these people were told, go, go through. Uh, first of all, uh, there's a, when you do good, evil's presence is going to be with you. Secondly, there's always the Lord's call to us not to allow hindrances to trip us up. So God knows when you set out to do something good, the devil's going to try to trip you. And so there's several places in the Bible where he, he calls and says, hey, hey, I know, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's why he said it. Be steadfast, always. Why? Because he knows the devil, the world, even your flesh is going to pop up and try to hinder you. He says, you know, be steadfast, unmovable. Here's another one. Take heed of thyself. And he goes on to say, unless you slip or unless you let something fall. Uh, take heed. Uh, he's wanting you to know that that evil presence is going to be there. Here's another one. Mark and avoid. Have no fellowship. He knows there are individuals that's going to try to hinder you, try to trip you up. And so he says, mark them and avoid them. If there was one that didn't go through that gate that day, I hope he's not in my group. <laughs> We're going this way. Uh, we're going to do this. Uh, mark them and avoid them. Uh, and then it says, the Bible also says, give no place to the devil. You know, just don't, don't, give it, don't give him an inch because the devil will take a mile. Uh, if, if, you, if you're hindered, hesitate, doubt, or selfish at all, he's going to jump all over that thing. 
So not only is there always going to be that evil presence if you do good. Number two, the Lord's always going to call us to, to watch out for those hindrances. Number three, he's all, the, the Lord always promises, or the, there is always the Lord's promises that we can trust and hang on to. Uh, so again, we go out there and we're like, all right, I'm going to do good. I know there's going to be some hindrance. Okay, so I got to watch for it. So I'm going forward. Uh, and, and God's telling me to watch for it. And then that third thing is, God says, not only do I want you to go through, but I'm going to give you something to hang on to. Like the, the, the word of the Lord is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, so that'll help you. Uh, go through the, and watch out for those hindrances. Uh, here's another one. The Holy Spirit will always guide, convict, and comfort when needed. I don't want to let you be comfortless on this trip. You go. Here's some promises. You, you grab a hold of the Word of God. You grab a, uh, grab a hold and listen to the Holy Spirit. Here's another one. Uh, there's always principles to lean on and to learn from in the Word of God, uh, in our Sunday school lessons, uh, in the messages that we hear preached. We can grab those principles and lean on them. And here's another one. There's always servants uh, that will give advice and encouragement. Uh, again, when you're on your way, when you're in the way, and you see somebody stumble, pick them up. All right, restore them. Uh, if you see somebody that's having a little bit of a hard time, encourage them. Uh, that'll help them on their, on their way. So first of all, we see here we've got to recognize the hindrances. I'll make three statements before I go to number two. No good thing that ever started, uh, I'm sorry, I'll read it again. No good thing was ever started that did not bring about hindrances. Second one, no good thing that was ever completed that did not have hindrances. And the only way to overcome those hindrances is to be able to recognize them. Number two, number two, uh, we got to be able to remove the hindrances. This is about picking up the blocks. Uh, so if you can recognize them, uh, it's easy to pick them up. Uh, it, it didn't slip up on you. It was there. And uh, the verse that goes with this one is Romans 12, 21. It says this, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So just like we saw when I would do good, evil presence is right there. Oh, there it is. Always there. It's always there. We're going to always see those hindrances. So now we've got to just be able to remove them and, uh, and, and take care of it. And so that's what you did to make that trail. Uh, praise the Lord for chainsaws today. Praise the Lord for even machetes today. Lops. Uh, that's a lot easier than trying to break it with your hand. Uh, you know, I've been there, wiggle it back and forth a million times, and finally it'll break. But just or, or, uh, that's a whole lot easier. So we see, we recognize them, we got to remove that hindrance. So A underneath this one, uh, to do this, you will need a person of power. To do this, you'll need a person of power. Now, of course, we don't have any special powers. Uh, all we have is what God gives us. And we do have faith, so we can have faith in God. That gives us that power. Uh, to be able to remove this hindrance, you need a person of power. With God's help, I can do this. Secondly, to do this, you will need a person of principle. And we talked about that a while ago. You need to live by, I can do all things through Christ. Uh, I'm going to make it to Jerusalem from Babylon. I can do all things through Christ. Uh, whatsoever these hand find to do, do it with thy might. Do all things heartily as unto the Lord. These are principles that you can live by to be able to remove that principle. Thirdly, to do this, you'll need a person of persistency. Uh, again, Sometimes we try and we quit. Now, what are we supposed to do? Try, try again. The horse bucks you off. What do you do? Get back on it, uh, and things like that. You, you're persistent. 
Uh, why? Because you are going to fall. The just man falls, but he, he's persistent. He gets back up at least seven times and goes on. And so uh, we have to have that uh, be persistent like Jesus was. He's the same yesterday, today, forevermore. We can say, like Paul, I change not. I'm going to be persistent. Uh, the Bible tells us to meddle not with those that are given to change. We've got to be persistent. Uh, the Bible tells us not to turn to the right hand. I think I know them. And, or to the left. Stay straight on. Be persistent. Uh, to remove these hindrances, we're going to have to be a person of power, be a person of principle. Thirdly, be a person of persistency. And here's one some of us can deal with. To do this, you're going to need a person of pleasantness. All right? Be present, pleasantness. Uh, and, of course, the Bible... Sorry about that. The Bible talks about, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, countenance. Okay? Uh, sometimes, you know, those people are on that trail. Shut up. Let's go. Go forward. All right? They're saying the right thing, but you don't have to be rude about it. Uh, you know, again, you can tell people, hey, if you're not saved, you're going to die and go to hell. All right? Uh, you know, as nice as you want to say it. You don't have to say, well, die and fry then, pal. Uh, you don't have to be mean. You can tell them the truth and be nice about it. Uh, so we see that we're going to remove these hindrances. You know, you can be nice. Uh, nothing wrong with a little bit of humor every once in a while. Uh, mean, it's just because you're right doesn't mean you have to be rude. Okay? Uh, we can be right and, and pleasant. Uh, and, and Anyway, I'll, I'll get off that one. So first we saw we got to recognize those uh, hindrances. And then thirdly, or secondly, we had to remove, remove those hindrances. And uh, lastly, uh, I'll give you uh, the conclusion here. And uh, once we realize that, okay, uh, I'm heading towards Jerusalem. I'm going to go rebuild the wall. I'm going to go rebuild the temple. I'm going to go rebuild the city. And uh, this is what God told me to do. I'm heading this way, whatever group I was in. Recognizing those hindrances, getting rid of those hindrances. Uh, in doing this, there's a divine summons uh, to an individual that has allowed himself to be enslaved by some bad habit. All right, so now we're talking about, in conclusion, that, that stumbling block. Uh, all of us are susceptible to that. So even, even though they had the right mindset going on the, on the trail to Jerusalem, whatever group they were in, uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to recognize, I'm going to remove, I'm going to do all that, and they can have that mindset. I'm going to make it easier for those people behind me, and they still can be overtaken with a fault. They still can be overtaken uh, with a stumbling block. It can just sneak in, and you don't even realize that you're living a way that's being a stumbling block, and you're overtaken with it. So there's that divine summons to that individual that has allowed himself or herself to be enslaved by that bad habit. Just like I said, go through, go through. And what are we doing? We're going through the gate of repentance. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, this is a stumbling block to the small kids around here. This is a stumbling block to those that are on my same age bracket. Uh, this is a stumbling block to those coming behind me. This is even a stumbling block discouraging those that are in front of me. It's a stumbling block. Get rid of it. So we see here, go through, go through. Go through that gate of repentance, and if you repent, the Bible says he's faithful and just. He'll forgive you. And so if there is a stumbling block that maybe the Holy Spirit brought out to you, I haven't even said anything about it. Uh, but if, it, if that's the case, there's a divine summons. The Holy Spirit will come to you and say, go through, go through the gate of repentance. Uh, and then, like these other groups, they had to follow the path. What do we do? We follow the path. The lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. 
This is the way to get rid of it. This is the way to get back to where you need to be. So you're not a stumbling block. You're picked up, you've picked up your blocks. Follow the path of the Word of God back to the fellowship with God. Here's one. Follow the path of those that pray for you or the prayers of those that love you and want the best for you. I guarantee if you're living in a stumbling block way or a, a backslidden way, you've got people that are praying for you. Uh, I know our prayer list has people that are not in church that they're on that prayer list. Uh, you know, their life is a stumbling block. They've been captured by it. Uh, and we're praying for their return uh, and things like that. But this is the only way uh, to go through that door, that gate of repentance, go through the pathway of the Word of God and follow those prayers of those that love you and want the best for you. Uh, and then here's one. Uh, follow your pastor's preaching. Uh, again, he'll make statements sometimes. And I mean, if you've got a half of a brain, you know exactly what he's talking about, maybe even who he's talking about uh, and things like that. He doesn't just sit there and try to think of ways to insult and step on. I guarantee you it's from a heart that wants that person to get right. And so we see here that person has been captivated and, and they're living a stumbling block life. Pick up your blocks. Listen to those zingers. Sometimes when he goes down the age bracket, I'm in that one. He's not doing it just to get off and to be happy. No, he loves you. He's prayed for you. God put it on his heart or he wouldn't have said that. And so we see we got it. The only way to get back that divine summons, whether it comes from a heart of repentance because the Holy Spirit convicted you, or it comes from the Word of God, whether you heard it preached or read, uh, and then the prayers of those other people, and then follow that back. Secondly, not only is there a divine summons to that individual that has been overcome by uh, bad habits and living a stumbling block life, there's a divine reward for obedience. There's a divine reward for obedience. I remember the day that I got saved. Can't ever forget it. Uh, and the only way to have a little bit of that feeling back is just to think about it. Because you can't get saved again. But you, if you think about it, it'll almost come back. But you remember that divine uh, release from bondage. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Uh, and the devil can't mess with my soul anymore. It's saved, secure, it's sealed. And brother, that's a good feeling. Uh, that's a divine reward for, for obedience. You obeyed and got saved and he saved you and he'll keep you saved forever. But then he also lets you have that awesome feeling that I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm not going to hell anymore. Woohoo! Praise the Lord. So that bondage and that deliverance from the fact of hell. We're talking about a divine reward, reward for uh, obedience. And so secondly, uh, that bondage and that deliverance from a life of running and rebellion. I've also experienced that. I got saved when I was 10. Got away from the Lord for about seven years. And I was running and I was rebelling. And when I got back into church, God said, hey, I want to use you. I said, I'm not worthy. But he said, I still want to use you. I had a little bit of that same feeling. Because I said, yes, sir, here am I. Send me. And I had that same feeling. That is a reward for that obedience. It's been removed. What sins are you talking about? Uh, I read that verse, far as the east is from the west. Whew, 
It's getting better. It's in the deep, the deep of the sea, a sea of forgetfulness. It's getting better. Uh, God put it behind his back. He can't see it wherever he looks. He can't see my sins. It's getting better. All right? So you get that same feeling, that, that divine reward for obedience. You got right with God. So those of you that are running and your life is a stumbling block, pastor says come back. I'm saying come back. I know the Holy Spirit saying come back. And if you will, it'll be that same reward when you say, God, I'm sorry. I've been a goof. I've been a stumbling block, and I'm sorry. I don't want to be a stumbling block anymore. It's okay, son. It's okay, daughter. Go on back. Do It's awesome. It's awesome. It's a divine reward for that obedience. Thirdly, that bondage and deliverance from doing your own will instead of God. I experienced all these when I got saved. It's awesome. When I got right with the Lord and started living for him again. It's awesome to be forgiven. And then when I just finally surrendered my will, I'll do whatever you want to, that same feeling came back. It's a reward for obedience, for you taking your hands off your life. Because when you got your hands on your life, if you're wondering if you're a stumbling block, you're a stumbling block. The pastor says, surrender. I'm not surrendering. That's a stumbling block. pastor says, do what God wants you to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's a stumbling block. Pick up your blocks, and you'll have that same reward of, of that great feeling, God saying, well done, uh, and, and blessing you. Not only can you have a restored uh, sense of deliverance, you can have a restored reputation. You can have a restored reputation. Right now, you do have a stumbling block, I mean, a reputation of being a stumbling block. Your lifestyle, what you do, what you say, how you think, how you live. Stumbling block, stumbling block, stumbling block, stumbling block. But if you'll come and pick up your blocks and ask God to forgive you and do your best to live for him, he will restore that reputation. And they've been so winning like six weeks in a row. They even actually had somebody saved last week. They haven't missed a church service. Did you see their new haircut? They took that necklace off. They're starting to say amen. They sing. God's just healing your relationship. It's that d- divine rest- restoring of that relation, that uh, reputation. You know, He did used to belong to the unholy and the guilty, uh, and maybe even the vicious and the violent, but now he belongs in the right with God crowd. He fits. He don't stick out like a stumbling block sticks out. God's restored him. Thirdly, you can have that restored communion and fellowship all the way to a friendship with God. You can have a restored communion and fellowship all the way to that friendship with God. Uh, nothing greater. Uh, but you got to quit being a stumbling block. If you're a stumbling block, you're not going to have very much communion with him. You're not going to have very much fellowship with him, and you're definitely not going to have friendship because your friend, that friendship's with the world. So you're at enmity with him. You get right with him, and you'll be restored into that communion, fellowship, and friendship. And lastly, if you just get right, you can be restored. You'll have that restored inheritance in, in heaven. And this is what the devil don't tell you. You've backslidden. You're living a stumbling block lifestyle. Immediate, your your rewards in heaven have been ceased. You're not earning any. It stopped. And so, when you get to heaven, you probably won't hear, hear "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." You'll be there. 
And then when they start passing out rewards that we can cast back at his feet, yours will be limited. But if you'll come and pick up your blocks and get right with God, it starts back immediately. He knows where it stopped, and he'll just start tallying them up again. And when you get to heaven, it's like Paul said, hey, I've been, I've been you know, murdering people. I've been uh, persecuting people. I'm not, I'm not even going to take time to get married. All right? Because if I get married, I'm going to have to tend with stuff for my wife. I, I don't have enough time to even get married. I'm going to do so much for God. And he took off on missionary journeys, building churches, things like that. And when he got, when he got to heaven, the persecution wasn't talked about. All the things that he did before he got saved on the road to Damascus wasn't talked about. But it was cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching on all these rewards that he did, the churches that he started, the people that he won to Christ, and the things that he did. So, I'm begging you, pick up your bucks. <laughs>